travelers, and welcome to Channel F, the show where we pit your favorite fanbite staffers against one another in contests of skill, wit, and chaos in hopes of winning fabulous prizes. I'm Funke Joseph, and for this episode, I'm your host and corrupt dungeon master. Let's meet our fateful party contestants. Sharpening her blades by the fire is Merritt Kay, our resident rogue and podcast overlord. How you doing, Merritt? Oh, no, the, the Turnbulls have tamed. <laughs> Uh, studying spells in the corner of the cabin is Steven Strom, our paladin who packs a punch, and also our senior managing editor. Hello, yes, I've, I bring holy magics to combat the forces of darkness. <laughs> We're going to need a lot of those, so thank you. And our special guest today is Jonathan Dornbush, our party's ranger and the host of Podcast Beyond, and he's also a senior editor at IGN. I had the old wizard voice also prepared, and now that that was, I'm just, you know, flailing at this point, but hello. Okay, but wait, so our party is, is, is a rogue, a ranger, and a paladin? I didn't say it was a good party. Yeah, no, clearly not. Like, where's the deeps? I mean, I guess. Uh, I Isn't that know. what a rogue? I mean, a rogue kind of deeps. Is deeps. A rogue can we do got some healing. Damage. Can you tank? Can you, can you tank do too? that, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're kind tank. of a mixture of the two. Okay, okay. I always get paladins and clerics mixed up in D&D. Mm. I'm not sure mm. which one does what. Paladins are like the knight ones who also yeah. do magic. And Isn't that are, also what clerics do? But I feel no, like they're frail they're, they're, they have a cleric staff. Cleric wears a robe, paladin wears an armor. You uh, know. Yeah. It's the only yeah. difference. Um, but I want to start off today with a vibe check. Vibe check. How's everyone doing today? How you doing, Steven? I'm doing great, Funke. Actually, like, really good today. I, I always come out of the weekend when I, like, play a lot of video games on the weekend. I always come in like, wow, I've got so many ideas and so many different things I want to, like, write about. And now, by around Tuesday afternoon, that has been beaten out of me. But uh, <laughs> at the beginning of a Monday, that's great. That's great, Steven, time for me. Hell yeah. Merritt, how are you? I mean, we should really stop the sort of mandated company beatings. I feel like they're yeah. really bad for morale. <laughs> the like beatings you, will continue until morale improves. Yeah, I mean, they did say that, <laughs> but I don't know if it's working, you know? Um, I'm good, yeah. I um, uh, By the time this goes up, the new Destiny season will have gone up too, so Ooh. I'm presumably enjoying that. Um, but today, yeah, my, I like Mondays. I'm the anti Garfield. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Garfield's got it all mixed up. Mondays are great because you just. What makes a Monday good? I feel like I know why they're bad, but I. You got to get up and at them. You got to get yeah. an early start. Mm-hmm. You got to get out of bed really early. You got to slam a glass of water, get your metabolism going. You got to take a walk. You got to start writing out your plans for the week. And then by three o'clock, you're like, it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Also, uh, coincidentally, it's about three o'clock. Oh, well, don't oh, fall asleep. No. We've got a lot to get it's through. It's okay. I'm having episode. my third coffee, so I'll be good. Jeez. Jonathan, how are you? I'm only at noon, so I'm still feeling that like Monday possibility wave. Um, <laughs> I, I very much did all of that. I woke up early, took my dog for a long walk. I, I went to the gym in the morning today, which I never do. And so I, I'm like rested and ready, but I, I do know that in like three hours, I'm going to be ready for sleep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Well, while you are a team, today you'll be competing against each other for the golden cartridge. Wait, a Nintendo World Championship cartridge that's like one of the rarest and most expensive video games ever made? Yes. And whoever gets this coveted item gains the ability to make a recommendation that we all have to try before next week. Oh, so it's like a metaphor. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, It's unobtainable. You can't physically grasp it, but it's there. Uh, it's the ultimate pro tip that will eternally better our lives by making us think or experience something outside of our normal day-to-day. And one of you will get the chance to deliver this shining guidance. Now, our first challenge is the Great Gaming Gamble.
you will buzz in with great speed to answer the questions in an attempt to survive this deadly inquisition. There's no turning back now. Are you all ready? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Steven? I guess I got it. Yeah, I think I can. I think I can make it through this one. <laughs> good, good, good. <clears throat> so with this one, uh, just say buzz and uh, whoever does it fastest, I will allow to answer first. <clears throat> Which one of these isn't a Fortnite collab? Balenciaga from Real Life. Peter Griffin from Family Guy. LeBron James from Real Life. Buzz. Chief Hopper from Stranger Things. Uh, Merit. Oh, sorry. There's one more. Um, yes. I feel like I would have heard if Family Guy was in Fortnite. So I'm going to say Family Guy. You are absolutely correct. Peter Griffin is not in Fortnite. I knew yet. it because there is no way that that could happen. And like 20 people wouldn't have like tweeted at me. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, like, Mary, you specifically would have gotten so many I people always, in your mentions. Remember the time that I was Fortnite Peter Griffin? <laughs> I got the slurp juice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next question. That's a point for merit, by the way. Thank you. Ding. Uh, what was the first electronic device that Sony made? There's four options here. Radio, rice cooker, PlayStation, remote. Buzz? Jonathan. I'm going to say a radio. <laughs> Buzz. Steven. Remote. Nah, it's the rice cooker, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if it plugs in, that's electric, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah, think. by definition, if it plugs in, it's electric. <laughs> Nothing with batteries is electric. Yeah, this is one of their classic uh, products. Really? A rice wow. cooker? Because, yeah, I mean, well, I feel like the Walkman is the one that everyone talks about, but obviously yeah. they, they made stuff before that. Mm -hmm. This was in, like, 1945. Oh, uh, damn. Wow. In Tokyo. Oh, wow. They were cooking it up back then. Wow. Um, Good for them. <laughs> it's the first product they made. They were cooking it up as long as what you were cooking was rice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can make other stuff in a rice cooker. You can make a really fucked up pancake. You can make... <laughs> Wait, you can? You can steam a bit. Yeah. I mean, what you can hell? make just about anything in a hot like surface if you just have like something that is warm yeah you make a really thick weird pancake that will break your rice cooker probably <laughs> well i guess it's possible yeah uh who would win in a four-way fight parappa the rapper nathan drake celine from returnal or Sackboy? do we have to explain our answer or, or is there just you, a you will answer? have to you will have to explain your buzz steven oh. Uh, it's going to be Celine Returnal because uh, no matter how many times you put her down, she just keeps coming back. She's got mm -hmm. the whole time loop thing. She just keeps mm -hmm. coming back to life. Period. That is correct. You get points for that, Stephen. Wow. I would have taken any answer. <laughs> <laughs> a word? <laughs> Truly. I, I, yeah. I mean, a la PlayStation All-Stars, like, Parappa the Rapper got hands. Yeah, okay. he does. He can, can fight it. Yeah. I, I thought you were punch. making a PlayStation well, All-Stars reference until I, I you was. said Returnal. Well, but Returnal didn't exist back then. I know. In a PlayStation All-Stars 2. It, it will be. Right? Yeah, yeah, it will right. be. Jonathan, you're like IGN's resident PlayStation expert. When are we getting another one? Why Why don't they like that series? <laughs> I I complain about it almost every week on our PlayStation show. Like We have, <laughs> we have had dedicated weeks to talking about this non-existent sequel because I want it so badly. Is that true? <laughs> Oh yeah, we've done several like main topics of like picking a roster, like what they could oh, do for a, a sequel God. that'd be better. I like I think it is just the biggest missed opportunity to not do a sequel at this point. Truly. Like they have had so many IPs since then that are like explosive. Like uh, do you have any like picks that you would want in that game, Jonathan? I mean, the obvious one that wasn't in for me that would is in now would be Astrobot. Um, basically mm. could be the Kirby of uh, PlayStation All-Stars since yeah. oh, Astro yeah, Bot's yeah. dress in costumes all the time. For sure. Um, but for a deeper pick... Um, hmm. You could get Alloy in there. Yeah. yeah. Spider-Man yeah. feels the, like an the obvious guy one. guy from the zombie game that everyone hated. <laughs> oh, uh, John? John? That only sold like 10 million yeah. copies or whatever. Yeah. Sony was like, well, but the critics didn't really love it. So we're not <laughs> making a sequel. Uh, Brave Friends Musashi is always my pick. Wait, what's for his name? Anything. Date St. John? Uh, Deacon St. John. John. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's the game is Date's Gone. 
Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh. His name should be Days. <laughs> Day St. John. Day St. John should be his name. <laughs> Please don't call me Days. That's my father. Um, okay, next question. Which one of these characters does not appear in the fictional series WarioWare? Oh, jeez. Captain Syrup, Frank, Orbulon, or Johnny T? I mean, Buzz. Yes, Mary. Captain Syrup. Wrong. Captain what? Syrup is a She's character. in it? Yeah. Wow. I did not. Well, because I've been playing Wario, uh, Wario Land, uh, Super Mario Land 3, and I didn't think she made it into those ones, but good for her. Uh, Buzz? Yes, Steven. Mr. T, whatever that last one you said was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no he's real. Johnny T. And Johnny T. Johnny T is correct. You Boy, are right. What? Johnny T is not. There is a character named Jimmy T. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, you, so it wasn't which of these characters isn't in it. It was which of these characters isn't real. <laughs> well, true. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's both. I did right? say. I did I say I'm a corrupt is, DM. That's it's not true. fair out here. No, it really isn't. Now I, I'm getting a taste of my own medicine here. <laughs> Next question. Uh, how many Pokemon are there? Oh, oh 896, 903, 905, <sighs> or 912? What? It's, they're all so close. Buzz? Yes? Hey, this is how you win. You just have to, like, if you don't know the answer, you just got to get in there quick <laughs> and guess. You, you have a yeah. 25% chance yeah. of being right. <laughs> is it that first one, 956? Was that it? Uh, Oh, 896? No. Oh, no, shit. I thought you said not. Oh, that, so that's on me because I know there's more than 800 something. Mm. Buzz. Jonathan. Uh, 900. Was it 903 for C? Uh, that was so that was B? That was, was that B. I'll go with B. I'll go with B. Sure. Eh. <sighs> uh, is it the last one? 912? Yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> the answer is 905. The latest Pokemon uh, are from Legends Arceus, and they look very, very weird. Are, did um, they add new ones in that, or are they just regional variants? Uh, they added variants, but I think there's also a there's couple. There's like some new legendaries or something. Enamorous, which is like one of the cloud guys. Enamorous? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a heart. It looks like a heart oh. on a cloud guy. Oh, it's a genie. Yeah. And oh. there's Overquill. I think that might be like a, a form of one of the existing like fish Pokemon. Oh. But yeah, there's 900, over 900 of those suckers now. There's over 900. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really low number. <laughs> uh, next questions. I know we have some Soulsborne heads on this podcast. So uh, who is the hardest boss in all of the Soulsborne games? Ornstein and Small from Dark Souls, Guardian and Brown Ape from Sekiro, the first hunter from Bloodborne, or Millennia from Elden Ring. Buzz. Steven. Millennia from Elden Ring, because like I, I've beaten every single one of these bosses. Millennia is hard in a way because of the... Um, like oh god jordan in the chat is saying no spoilers jordan you're Millen gonna you're gonna run into sort of uh i think you've got a statute of limitations and it's uh it's coming up what's there yeah what's there's uh fan art of this character once this character has become the most fan arted character in the world well second most after ronnie i assume i think mm. the statute of limitations are up but yeah she's a really really difficult uh, boss she's in the trailer jordan i can only do so much you fight her spoilers <laughs> you fight, her. fight millennia elden ring in elden ring uh but i am curious who who are the rest of your most hated dark souls bosses oh absolutely millennia oh, oh yeah. for real okay i mean i Since haven't played sekiro or what was the other oh i mean the first hunter was a, i don't even remember the first hunter i i'll be honest the latter half of bloodborne is Mostly a blur of me using Augur of Abritas on everything. Mm -hmm. You one shot and, and just uh, one shotting everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think I killed Garon on the first shot. Jesus, that was so hard. <laughs> wow. I actually think that like Dark Souls two, like maybe the Fume Knight or maybe the two horses at the bottom of the big frozen area in the DLC. Oh, that might be three with the with the horses and in, in, do you mean the, the two big, big dogs area. or big cats or whatever? Big, yeah, two big cats. That's yeah, no, right. fuck mm, that, fuck those yeah. guys. <laughs> I fought the first one. Then was like, I'm not fighting two of these. Are you kidding me? 
it's twisted. They be doing that. Jonathan, how about you? What's your most hated boss in those games? Of your four, especially, probably Guardian Ape, because uh, that caused me to basically stop streaming for six months. Uh, (laughs) I had such a hard time against it that I took a break and then just didn't stream. Like, I just stopped. I just stopped playing after that. Like, I spent... It's like the second time you fight it. I... Yeah. um, Yeah. I, I think I spent six hours on a Saturday and then six hours on a Sunday. Could not beat it. It was just the most demoralizing, like... 12 hours of me on footage ever in my life. And then I just stopped playing Sekiro. So for me, that's personally the hardest. Truly, I understand that. That That is my hardest one as well. That's why I put it on this list. I remember cat sitting. I was cat sitting with a couple friends and they just like let us chill at that house. Uh, and it was right when Sekiro came out and I started playing and I got stuck on this boss for literally two weeks. Yeah. I would just like keep going at it. And like, I, it was, first the guardian ape, I hate that guy. Like you think oh. you're gonna kill him, and then his head does the whole worm thing, and you're like, okay, it's not over. And then he comes back with a friend later in the game. Like that so moment rude. is so cool, though. Like that, I think that's why I like Guardian Ape has never become one of my like most hated bosses, is because that moment where the Guardian you cut off its head and it puts its own head, it just like stands back up and puts its own head back up onto its like neck hole and starts <laughs> yeah. screaming through it. It's just like, oh my god, it, it gave me chills at the time. It is very cool, but I will always despise that ape. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Next question. The League of Legends TV show Arcane takes place in which two feuding fictional regional factions? Uh, There's four four options here. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a chance. not be able to buzz until all all possible options are read. Piltover and Zahn. Ixtal and Freljord, Noxus and the Shadow Isles, or Bandle City and Demacia. Buzz. Steven. Piltover and Zahn. Yep, yep. Piltover is like where the rich kids live, and Zahn mm. is like the sewers. Like, fully just, if a whole city was a sewer, and they don't care about them. It's pretty sad. Uh, but what if both sides were bad, Funke? What if actually the poor people that are uh, brutalized by the rich people were actually just as bad? And that was what the entire show was about, was just like trying to make you feel that the rich people are actually maybe kind of justified for doing a war crime. They're just yeah. misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> um, Natalie has watched this lat- nine times, says Jordan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Natalie's watched this way more than nine times. She was at nine at last check-in. That was like six weeks ago, so it's probably more now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pretty cool to see those guys move around. Like, I, I've been playing League for a long time, and I'm still like, wow, they, they have a show. And this is some crazy stuff. Next question. How many platforms is Grand Theft Auto V on? Jeez. Five? Six, eight, or eleven. Buzz. Jonathan. Eight. You are correct. Wow. Damn. Can you name them? The yeah. three generations, so 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4, PS5, Series X, PC, and mobile? Yeah, not mobile. Oh, um, it's not? Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah, that's the older GTAs. Wait, where um, is yeah. it? Where's the other Stadia? one? Stadia? Uh, PlayStation... Four, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 3, Windows, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. I made them two different ones. Oh, uh, oh Xbox 360. That, that's one. Mm, I was right by a mistake then. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, and Xbox One. Um, next question. There are eight different personality types in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Which one of these isn't real? Sisterly, snobby, cranky, or Peppy. Buzz. Merit. Sisterly? <laughs> no, Sisterly's real. <sighs> Can you say them again one more time? Absolutely. Sisterly, snobby, cranky, or Peppy? Not the Buzz. frog. Ah, uh, Steven. Cranky? No, that's real. Buzz? Jonathan. Is it snobby? It is. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's not like such real. a layup. <laughs> uh, the full list is normal, lazy, sisterly, snooty, cranky, jock, peppy, and smug. Oh, so snobby's in there. They just don't call it. It's just got a different syllable. Yes. Yes. It's still the same snobby vibe. 
Now for the final two questions, it's going to be hard mode. Uh, I'm not going to give you any choices. You will have to buzz in and tell me the correct answer. Uh, are you ready, folks? In the Nintendo DS 2008 Adventure Stealth video game, Cory in the House, oh Cory is God. the sibling <laughs> of what famous sitcom protagonist? Buzz. Jonathan. Raven. Raven Baxter is correct. <laughs> That's so Raven. I'm sorry. That is so Raven. She is. She has some cameos in that game as well. Oh, uh, ch- check it out. It's now, a, wait. Fun- what is the gameplay on that? Like, it's like sneaking around the White House and doing yeah, mischievous yeah. teen things. His dad is the chef. His dad is the chef. Right. The whole thing right. is after uh, that's a Raven ends. Uh, it picks up with their dad, who's like a famous chef, owns the Chill Grill, goes gets like a, a letter from the White House from the president who's like, you're the best chef in the world. Be my personal chef. Mm. And they fly him out and they all live in the White House. Do they uh, ever go? Is it a fictional president? Do they ever go into like who is in the White House at the time? He gives me like Bush vibes, but they're, they're, he's in the show like they he appears. OK, so but it's at, so it's probably a fictional guy. Yes, fictional, fictional guy, but inspired by real presidents. Yes. I think it's a West Wing uh, crossover. I think it's... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Last question. In the Pokemon series, youngsters have an obsession over what article of clothing? Buzz. Merit. Shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. Boop, 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 boop. I'm wearing yes. shorts right now. You get it. I, because I learned. I learned from my <laughs> elders. It is the If you season. think about it, that's weird to say, right? That they're my elders, but like... Those were kids in like Pokemon Red and Blue. And so like, they probably, boy, how old are the youngsters from Red and Blue now? Like they're in their 30s. They're yeah, probably. Wait, they're, they're older. Yeah. But they still have the same like appearance. That's crazy. upsetting. <laughs> That's not true. There's I don't no like they... that. <laughs> There's no way. I don't know. I open up the game. They still look the same. Okay. I've looked. Okay. Well, now, you know how Google does that thing where it gives you the answer to a question that you Googled mm-hmm, at the top. Mm-hmm. And I did, I Googled how old is red from Pokemon? And it says 26 years. And I was like, oh, okay. That seems about right. And then I looked a little bit deeper and it is just showing a picture of Pokemon red, the video game for the Game Boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They're ageless. Well, 21 in Gen 7, according to the wiki. Oh, Wow. So pretty young. And still uh, into Pokemon? <laughs> You'd think at 21 and like imagine just turning 21 and you're still into like catching and fighting Pokemon and stuff. And mm. like, what if in that universe, like <laughs> it's like a it's just like a kid's thing? Mm-hmm. Like adults are expected to develop other hobbies and interests and stuff, and gym leaders but, are just like real weirdos who just like kept doing it. By how the, do you the time stop you turn- being interested by them though? Like they're crazy guys. And they're all over. I mean, well, there's crazy guys all over, like, in our world, too. And yeah. kids are really into animals and stuff. But a lot of it, adults then are like, yeah, they're fine. Here's the thing. By the time you turn 21, you should have a 401k. And if you have more <laughs> friends who are interested in Pokemon than in reading the New York Times, then you yep. need to get better friends. Yeah. They should buy a home instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should simply Stop sell Stop spending all your money on luxury balls. You know, <laughs> and potions. Yeah, and uh, like the the fruit bread that they have in that game. It's horrible. They're wasting all their money. Um, well, thank you guys. You have survived the gauntlet, the great gaming gamble gauntlet. And now I think we'll take a little break before we get into the staff picks save slot section. Be right back. Hello, brave travelers, and welcome. Oh my God! Wait, what? Wow. Hello. Did I? Did you not see me there? I thought I was kind of making it obvious with the whole. No, you no, scared you gotta, me. I have got a knock on the door or something. I mean, you walked into my potion shop in the middle of this cave. I thought all the ca- candles made of skulls kind of gave it away with the you know, yeah, bubbling cauldron and all that not stuff. Not a, not a lot of foot traffic, huh? Not, not <laughs> so much. You would think that they would see a little bit more just by virtue of the novelty of the location, but not as much as you might think. Well, how many potions do you even have? 
I've got at, let me count, uh, 96, 97, 98, 99 potions. Oh, you know what? That's the name of my favorite podcast about video games on the fanbite.com podcast network. Now, I noticed that you are slowly becoming a character from Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. Is that sort of your thing that you do as well, or...? I've got a potion for that. It's kind of oh, been wearing okay. off a little bit. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, now tell I'm me about this podcast. podcast. Tell me about yeah. it. What is this about? It's kind of weird that you would ask me as a, just a person that uh, is in this cave and not really actually on the show, but I would love to tell you about 99 Potions. What's your favorite? It is my favorite. favorite. You know what? I do like an opportunity to talk about my interests, and 99 Potions is a very interesting podcast on fanbite.com slash podcasts. It's a show hosted by one uh, Natalie Flores, one Imran Khan, Head of Large, John Warren, and the incredibly good-looking Stephen Strom <laughs> over the senior managing editor at Fanbyte.com. They talk about a bunch of different video games, typically around RPGs, but you know what? They don't really stay on topic very well at all to speak of. That Damn. sounds like a great place to go to hear all about the newest, hottest role-playing games and adjacent interests. Yes, it's great for that. It's great for hearing just a bunch of uh, ridiculous uh, idiots, to be completely honest with them. I do love them dearly, but they're not, they don't stay on topic very well. And you know what? That's important in the podcast to me. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Cave Freak? I'm going to download this on my iPod. <laughs> Cave Freak. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of judgmental, but I'm, I'm glad that you're going to try something new. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking out. Yeah, let's I leave. don't want your potions. Do, let's go leave and listen to that podcast. Staff pick, safe slot. This is your respite from the treacherous adventure. And I would like to ask, what have y'all been playing? Jonathan, let's get to you first. Um, so my, I, I guess I've started a, a new thing that I just did on a whim. Um, I started Yakuza. Ooh. Yo. Oh, wow. You could not have been on a podcast with a better because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was our resident like yakuza sicko it was <laughs> totally on a lark um i i have a, a co-host on on beyond who has talked about it for years and it's been one of those things where i was like okay the summer is a little bit quiet maybe i can get to stuff that I, that i haven't played before and i just was like i've had yakuza kiwami and zero sitting there for forever so i've just i yep. just jumped in and i'm I'm only I've only played for like maybe five or six hours of uh, Kiwami, um, but I am I'm loving it so far. Uh, it yeah. is it's really it for me like playing it has been so interesting because it is essentially a soap opera for gamers is what it feels like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's um, well written. It's so like I I am so engrossed by it. It's constantly like surprising and wacky and uh, like throws the characters for a loop constantly like with every different chapter break it, it feels like episodes of tv and it works so well that way um but yeah i'm i'm really liking it i don't know if i'm going to play through all eight immediately or like jump around a little bit i'm, I'm sort of like let's just see where this adventure takes me but uh yeah that's kind of what i spent most of my weekend doing yeah hell yeah those ones are really fun i remember playing yakuza zero and like also like you like a few of my friends were just like hey you have to play this game it's the best game in the world and I was like yeah but I have so many other games to play uh, and then I had like a week where I wasn't doing much and played through the whole thing and I was like whoa like this is about loyalty and brotherhood and like just so much cool shit and all the side content too damn one of the goats one of the goat games. I still think Zero is probably the highest point of the series, but Kiwami is like a really good extension of that with like the Majima Everywhere stuff is just very fun. And like the evolution of that character, like Majima is one of my personal favorites. I'm actually curious, like, how do you like the tonal shift going into Kiwami? Uh, I, I think it's great so far. I think like the balance between this very like 
Here is a dude very early in the story, obviously trying with without spoiling it for people who haven't played, but um, you know, very interested in in doing things right by the people that he knows, and um, as you were saying, Funke, like honor and loyalty and all these things and trying to do right, even if it puts him in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And then also here's this friend of his who wants to prove that he is the dragon of uh, Dojima and will just act ridiculously to get him to fight him. And and like I was (laughs) walking down the street and he's in a cop costume and is like, time for me to search you for weapons. Whoops, you have one. I'm going to fight you now. And he's like, I just, I need to give you a reason to fight me. And it's so funny and weird, but I, I love when stuff can can jump between tones like that. And, and it works. I think like it's a very hard thing to do, but this world seems set up well enough to, to handle that. And I think for me to enjoy both sides of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But between like the jokerification of Majima and <laughs> like the somber moments too, when it gets like real and you're like, damn, like this is serious. Like you stop doing the side quests and you're focusing on the main story because shit hits the fan. Yeah. It, it does it all so well. Listen, sometimes you go through a horrible traumatic event in your life and then you need to uh, develop a coping mechanism by emulating the mannerisms of the two men in your life who uh, constantly came around flirting with you and uh, were the only people who showed you affection while the rest of the world tried to torture you. (laughs) So true. That's just life. (laughs) That is life. Uh, Merritt, what have you been playing? What you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, Well, I have a real problem, which is that I, like a month ago, I was like, well, um, Destiny Story's over for this season, so I'm going to stop playing until next season. I don't care about Guardian games. I don't care about seals and stuff. That's, uh, uh-huh. I don't need any of that. And then? And then I started playing Trials of Osiris and stuff, uh-huh. and I just became a bad person. And, um, <laughs> uh, but let's not talk about that, because... <laughs> We don't need to. You brought it <laughs> you, you mentioned it. Why don't you want to, you don't want to talk about Destiny? No, I don't need to. <laughs> the world doesn't need to know my shame. It's so, yeah. it's just like, I'll occasionally post about it. And then it's like three likes. I'm like, oh yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Rightfully uh, so. Um, I played a game called Shotgun King. Ooh, the final ooh. checkmate. And um, let me tell you about this bad boy. Uh, this is a game that fixes the problem with chess, which is that there is no gun in it. And um, so <laughs> it makes chess into a video game because as we all know, if you put a gun in something, it's a video game now. And um, it's like, you're basically just like a single king against like a bunch of chess pieces, except you do have a gun. So that sort of does even <laughs> things up a little bit. Um, and it's like a turn-based, like pretty short roguelike um and uh it's cool because like so like you know on your turn you can either like move or like reload or fire but when you fire because you have a shotgun it has like an arc that it it spreads out into and so like there's no guarantee of like where the pellets are going to go so there is like an element of luck to it and basically you're trying to take out the opposing king um while avoiding the uh the enemies and like the way that you know you die is if you are ever in check basically um if you end your turn in check you are you done die. so oh, like shit. if you um like the game will has like these like little error shields that will like prevent you from misclicking and like ending up on a space where you would just die um but you know, things like if you create an exposed check or discovered check, I think as it's called, um, in this case by like, so say there's like a pawn between you and a rook and uh, yes. you you shoot that pawn, you're going to end your turn with that rook in like, in you're going to be in the danger zone and it'll just eat you up. So you have to like be thinking about that stuff. And then there's like, because it's a roguelike, after every round, there's like, there's little power-ups that you get and you're given a choice between two but they're always tied to a corresponding enemy power up as well. Okay. Uh, so like it's, it's kind of tough at first, but then you start to realize like, Oh, I can use these to my advantage too, because some of them are like, like there's things that are, do things like, um, Oh, remove two knights, or like remove a knight and add like three pawns or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, or something like, you know, like replace all rooks with two knights. 
And um, you're like, oh shit, there's all kinds of knights on the board now. But then there's like a power up that whenever you take out a knight, you get an extra turn. So you can start chaining extra turns. And there's like so many ways you can play it. Like I've done like a few runs so far. And um, one of them that I won, I had like a moat on my side of the board and a magic wand that once per (laughs) round, I could use it to force everyone back. So I just like played defensively and everyone tried to cross my moat and I just like blasted them. And then I did a a build where I was like really mobile and um, got extra turns whenever I like took out a knight, got extra turns whenever I used a soul because when you take out a non-pawn piece, you get their soul, which lets you move as them for one turn. Um, Because as a king in chess, you normally just move one space at a time. This is chess too. This is, (laughs) well, Well, there have been many attempts at chess too. Uh, There was a game last year that came out that I never actually got around to. Um, 5D chess, which sounded completely insane. Uh, this is a little more manageable uh, for my brain because I don't have like a, my brain is like not that crystalline and like advanced, but um, it's it's really cool. Like it's pretty, ba- like there's not a ton to it, which I sort of like. It reminds me of Sneak Rex from last year in that it's like, mm. okay, everyone basically, even if you don't know how to play chess well, a lot of people know, like, okay, this is how this piece moves. This is how this piece moves. If you lose your king, you're dead. Yeah. Um, so it's like building this sort of pretty, uh, pretty simple roguelike on top of a a foundation that people are already familiar with. How how quick are the games? Like the the uh, matches. So it's like. Um, so the, the a full round, like there's like a throne mode, which is like the story mode, and there's an endless mode. Uh, the throne mode is like, it's uh, 11 uh, rounds total. Okay. And uh, each round can, is usually like under five minutes. Um, oh, sweet. It's turn-based, but you're just like, boom, 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 boom. Like uh, the thing is because like, you have a shotgun, you kind of, if for me, when I'm playing it, I'm like, Oh, I want to click. I want to like go faster. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I'm playing doom or something, but then, you know, you do have to kind of stop and like, there's no pressure to go fast. It just part of the design makes me want to, but then you sort of have to think, sit back and be like, okay, no, I'm just going to like think about this for a second and not just blindly rush in. Um, (laughs) and it starts to get real wild when like Queens show up on the board and then, you know, that can be really tricky because they can move in any direction. Uh, so, yeah, I would say check it out if you like little roguelikes like this. Because this, to me, is like the the best kind of roguelike. Like a really small, tightly constrained mm-hmm. thing. It sounds like you can really just pick it up you can just pick it up and play a couple matches. Yeah, I might be just done with it, actually. Like, I might pick it up again for, like, just to try the endless mode or harder difficulties or something. But, um yeah, also the style, the art style is really cute. So, also it's six bucks to be clear. It's like six bucks. Yeah, uh, very positive on Steam. Six hundred, almost seven hundred reviews came out like a week ago. So, um, great work, guys. About a week ago. Yeah, uh, you also wrote a piece <laughs> on the site about that. So check check that out. I did. Yeah, and they also uh, Pancake Delicieux, which I assume is French, but I guess could be Belgian or something has a, another game coming out called The Ratchet's Den, which is... The, the what? The Ratchet's Den. Like, Ratch, okay. I guess. Okay. Ratch. And it's like, it looks like a little, like, dungeon building game where you're like a little gremlin and uh, a big minotaur is like, hey, you gotta go dig a dungeon and fight off some heroes and stuff. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, and it looks pretty neat. So uh, hopefully that comes out soon. Nice. Now we know who's building all those dungeons. Yeah, it's just a little gremlin. <laughs> Steven, what uh, what have you been playing? Oh my god, Funky, I've been playing so much. <laughs> tell us about so Drainus. I'll tell you about Drainus, because that's Drainus. the newest game that I've played. Drainus. First off, it's <laughs> called Drainus, which now, I know what you're thinking. That does sound like a portmanteau of drain and anus. Not a yeah. great <laughs> name for a video game. Um, and I agree, but I do think it is probably a reference to Darius, which is a classic side-scrolling shooter, a shmup if you will, mm. uh, shoot him up. Uh, this is from oh. Team Ladybug, who you might remember as the makers of Record of Lodos War, Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. 
They also uh, did a Toho Nights. Um, Toho Luna Nights, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done like the a bunch one? of, yeah. Both of those came out a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, I think Deedlet might Deedlet have been was last, last year. year. Yeah. And then Luna Nights was in 2019. Okay, um, yeah. I have never played either of those games. So this is the first one of their games that I've played, but I know people love both of those titles. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly positive on Steam, both of them. Um, Drainus. <laughs> I don't know if it will get quite the same buzz. They did kind of a surprise release it, but it is doing uh, very well so far in terms of like, it's all very positive reviews. It's all positive. It is, uh, like I said, a side-scrolling shooter. The big twist here is basically that you have a guard button that you can press at any time. uh, And you have like a meter on screen. So like most of these games, you're shooting, uh, you're going from left to right, you're shooting, enemies appear, bosses show up, Mm -hmm. and and you just plink away at them. And then the bosses will shoot bullets at you that you have to dodge. And that's, you know, bullet hell and all that sort of thing. Uh, That's where that comes from. In this, at any point, you could just, like, erect a bubble shield, like Smash Brothers-looking bubble (laughs) shield, and uh, just eat all of those bullets. You just eat those hits for as long as your bar holds. Uh, And then once your bar starts to get low, it starts flashing and like puts out a warning sign. So there's like really good feedback on when you need to get back out of the hits, but you can eat all those bullets and then it will just, depending on how many bullets you ate, fire them all back at the enemy in like this homing laser death blossom. Yo, Uh, it's really, really cool. It's such a smart way to do that. Um, and it's great for somebody like me who doesn't really love bullet hell type stuff. Who's like not into, uh, these kinds of games. Usually uh, Jordan mm-hmm. says that's kind of like giga wing and Mars matrix, two games I've never played before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this gives you a lot of, well, a, it gives you a lot of wiggle room to kind of like get through obstacles that would otherwise just usually one shot you in a game like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and B it allows them to get really interesting. I've only played the first beaten the first two bosses so far. But it lets them get really interesting with, like, one of the first uh, enemies you fight is uh, this, like, giant robot space squid. And it starts, like, whipping its tentacles at you. And the the tentacles are connected. uh, You know, if you can't take a physical hit in this game, if you get hit by a physical attack, like uh, crashing into something Mm -hmm. or somebody shooting a red bullet at you that can't be absorbed by your shield, you'll take damage normally. Um, And these tentacles are are made of metal, so you can't block them. But they have little little holes in them that are like held together by like the pod racer, you know, like little lightning thing that holds Anakin's pods together in yes. Star Wars. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and you can fling between those in with your shield up and not take any damage. So they start introducing these like, you know, sort of almost puzzle like little maneuvering sections where you have to like left, right, left, right, left, right, shield, 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 let me give my shield time to recharge. Okay. Now I can go through or, you know, you know, an enemy will be attacking you from behind and normally you can't shoot backwards. So you'll be like, well, I'm just going to sit here and try to eat as many possible shots from them as I can. Cause this will shoot, backwards because it's a homing laser sort of situation and mm. the, on top of the, all of that the game's just like really really interesting to look at it's really frenetic oh right out of the gate i like minor spoiler for the, the for the very first level of the game um but like well, you know like a lot of these games it's there's just wild stuff happening on in the background the whole time so what ends up happening is um you start the game and you're like this girl who has stolen a prototype drainus ship from this evil empire that's what her. the drainus is that's what the drainus <laughs> is that's what the s stands for um and then uh you're like flying off of this planet because they've discovered your location and as you go to fight the final boss of that level, they uh, the camera like pulls back and you see like just the like uh, the this uh, planet you were on in the background, like in the horizon, looking really nice and beautiful. And then like a big Death Star beam just like no pours into Ooh. it, and the whole thing explodes behind you, and the entire planet is detonated. And while you're fighting this boss, because they've they're like, well, if we can't stop her, we'll just destroy the planet that she mm. was on and kill everybody. Um, and it just looks gorgeous on top of like you know the boss designs are super cool. There's like one of the first bosses you fight is a giant armadillo that like goes under the sand and then like bursts out of the desert and then like tries to whip you with its tail. It's just (laughs) so wild that like a game, like, I don't know, I guess these uh, people must be putting out shooters like this at least a little bit, but it feels like a genre that is fairly dead to me sometimes. And it just like, Whoa, I can't believe they put so much effort into this and then dropped it as like a surprise release today. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's a cool little game. I want to check that out. I, I remember playing like a couple of those like flash versions of shoot 'em ups when I was a kid, and they're very fun, but also so overwhelming with all those pixels and like explosions. Um, but I just checked out uh, some of the visuals from this Drainus, and I love how colorful it is. Yeah, it's is, very colorful. This is looking nice. Uh, yeah, the thing about like it's still very full of like very overwhelming images and stuff like that. Um, it does the thing. I don't. This might be a Darius thing. I don't know what this comes from, but this is definitely in games like this, where whenever a boss shows up, big giant like warning lights show up on mm. screen that goes like warning warning mm-hmm, and it clacks mm-hmm. and sounds and then it's like it, it approaches and then you're like oh shit i'm in it now <laughs> god i think i'm gonna play this also it looks beautiful. i still have to play ikaruga <laughs> i still have not played ikaruga oh yeah yeah Ooh, what is that oh my god um it's a shmup made by treasure it's like one of the most highly regarded of these games because it, it kind of reminds me of this because you um you oh, basically the switch between like a light and dark mode and you can absorb bullets of the corresponding color uh when you're in the same mode oh so it has sort of that same kind of defensive play style to it um <laughs> there's a final fantasy 14 raid where they they do that. They, where you assume like they, there's a huge uh, reference to Ikaruga in one of the most recent final fantasy 14 raids where you become a side scrolling shooter for a little while. And what? then you have to flip between dark mode and light mode. And oh my God. Ikaruga well, style. That game sounds good. Yeah. Th- these are the same developers that made Wario world. Uh, I'm reading treasure. Yes. Treasure. Yeah. They did make Wario world, but it's probably Legends. not their best work. <laughs> <laughs> You ever played Gunstar Heroes, Funke? Nah. Oh my god. That's so good. You must. Gunstar you simply Heroes. must. It's for the Sega <laughs> Genesis. You could probably get it on Steam for like a dollar. Um, it's you you I think you'll like it. Okay, sweet. I have so many recommendations here now. I'm gonna check these out later today. Nice. Getting some laser alien shots in. Uh, I have been playing Fortnite. That is it. That is the game I've been playing. All of my friends and I nice. have fallen into the Fortnite hole. Nice. Um, it's the zero build. They literally got me. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Be- the issue with Fortnite, I think Merritt and I have like streamed this game together. And I don't think we've ever won because the kids are too cracked at like using their controller at as like Rubik's cubes and just <laughs> building up the giantest fort you've ever seen in your life. But in Zero Build, they can't do that, so you can kind of just shoot. And I know how to do that. I've played those games before. Uh, and it's really fun. Here's the thing, Funke. Yes. Consider for a moment, if you will, what if there was a Battle Royale that didn't have building in it already and the shooting <laughs> felt good? <laughs> You're talking, of course, about Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Yeah, of course I'm talking yeah. about Vampire ah. the Masquerade Blood Hunt, Merit. Which is well, a game that I've played. Check- I'll check that well, out. Listen, Wait, what Funke, were you about? I don't know if you know about this, but you can make some really fucked up looking dudes in that game. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah, Funke. Oh, I don't know if you missed uh, from two couch surfs ago, but uh, we created a little, a little real, real little freak. Oh, I think I was out that one. But <laughs> they, why are there on one vacation? billion Vampire the Masquerade games? Like, what happened? Why, why are there so many? I have of them? to assume they just got really lax with the license or something because Paradox bought them. Oh, uh, bought White Wolf? Yes. Oh, okay. I yeah, think there, there are also, quite a few now, though. There was like a bunch of delays for some of them, too. And so I think mm, things just right. like lined up in this weird way where now it's the only thing you hear about. Yeah. yeah. I feel like every week there's a new release in a completely different genre. And I'm like, what what like when is the big rpg coming i want to check that out that's uh, never coming out released. um but <laughs> there was an rpg dish thing that came out recently that is apparently not bad it's not like amazing but if you like if you like you know uh ghouls and ghosts and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um oh no sorry that's actually uh ghost the apocalypse or whatever the other one is called um but yeah it's like a telltale game right the new mm. one? Yeah, it sounds like Vampire the Masquerade's Swan Song is what Swan called, Song. Yeah. I've not played it, but yeah, it sounds like it's kind of telltale-ish adjacent. I might check the one out. I remember watching a retrospective of, of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, like the <laughs> older one, and 
I was like, this game sounds so crazy. And like the things it's trying are really, really cool as a CRPG, but I wouldn't want to like download that because it looks very buggy and like it has a Whoa. lot of issues. I mean, huh? it does, but it also well, ha- famously the, has. You mean the first one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The it second has a great mod. Out. Oh, um, yeah. It has a mod that like fixes pretty much everything. Right. There's, there's like a fan made patch for I've that game. I played a that, bit like, of it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like it, it's, if you can get past the, you know, kind of dated visuals. Um, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, mm. It turns out it's cool to to be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it is. V Rising is rising the charts too. So I guess like yeah, everyone's into vampires are having like a renaissance now, huh? It's their yeah. era. And the Daily Dracula Substack. Any of you sub to that? It Ooh, like no. It shares uh, pages from just the Dracula novel, but on the date that it happened. Oh, so, I have seen yeah. this actually. I know yeah. what you're talking about. So sometimes it'll be like Jonathan walked into the Dracula's castle and that's it. And other times it'll be like pages on pages of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, vampires are back, back from the dead. Don't call it a comeback. Um, Don't call it a comeback. Well, everybody's Ooh. trying to, wow. <laughs> there you go. Everybody's trying to catch that Morbius heat, you know? It's true. It's, it's Morbid time. time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's actually very funny to see this happening in video games where everybody's like, fuck yeah, it's time for vampires. Mm-hmm. When after Morbius like was such a huge bomb, like there was a bunch of more uh vampire movies that were in production that have just quietly been canceled or put mm. on or like shelved. Yeah. Um All right, before we wrap up, I want us to play one more game. We're going to do speed pitching, but very, very quickly. We're going to have a one-minute timer. For those of you who are not familiar, speed pitching is where one of our contestants will be given two genres and a title and have to pitch the game to the rest of us. Uh, we are the the stockholders and CEOs or whatever mm-hmm. are in the suits. The shark uh, tank, if you will. Yeah. The shark tank. Yes, yes. Um, so let us start with Merit. Uh, you will be our first pitcher. You got, got the pitching arm ready? Yeah, yeah. I've I heard that you need a pitcher and uh you're explicitly not looking for a belly itcher. So um I'm gonna do my best to 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 nail down that down. Sweet. Uh on the count of three, Jonathan and Steven, I'd like you both to uh yell out a video game genre. Uh and then we can get, move forward. Three, two, one. City builder. Shmup, Shmup city builder? Is that what you, you two said? Yeah, that's what I, I said. City builder. Yeah, I did. Per- up. Yeah, perfect. Okay. And okay. Now I will head over to random word generator. Oh, good. A, good. A, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> a series of war of uh, words. Um, all right, Merritt, you are making a shmup city builder that is called Quit Guard. Quit Guard. Yes. Wit guard. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so this is a... Uh, so, so you know, everyone loves to build cities and city building games, and, and you're going to be building up... Uh, you, you, this is a game where you build up a, uh, the defenses of a city. Oh. And um, uh, the city is under attack by aliens. And um, we, they know that this, the aliens are coming. And uh, you, what you have to do is you are the uh, the, the architect of uh, of the city's defenses, and you're building up all of um, all of these uh, these walls, these defensive structures. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you still need to make sure that people can like get to places. So you have like trains, and you're just sort of like trying to like build up the city while preparing for this invasion that you know is coming, right? Oh, and you're building up like all these defenses, and like you have a timer, like, oh, the invasion is coming closer and closer and closer and closer. And, um, 15 and, seconds. Okay, and, and then uh, there's a twist halfway through <gasps> where it turns out the whole time you were a sleeper agent for the aliens, and then it becomes a shmup where you have to navigate the defenses that you've built up as an alien fighter 
uh, piloting a spaceship to destroy the same city that you built because you didn't even know that you were working for the aliens. Whoa. God damn it. And that's so why old. it's called Quit Guard because you quit guarding the city. Yo, <laughs> this is a good game. That was good. I mean, you can only really play it once. It's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but that reveal when it hits. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Um, Jonathan, you are the next pitcher here. All right. Um, so Stephen and Merritt, could you both yell out a genre in three, two, one? Cooking. Auto battler. The cooking auto battler that is called Explode Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's real helpful. All right. Good luck. Explode bullet. Okay. Welcome, Jonathan, to the pitching meeting. Happy to be here. Uh, I've got a really exciting opportunity for all of you. Have you ever gone out to a restaurant and just loved the meal that you had? Hopefully you have. You've had that experience. Yes, I have. But have you ever gone home and just had explosive diarrhea after? (laughs) Sometimes, yes. That's the unfortunate part of it. This is a game where you're trying to make that happen to the customers. You see, you're putting a group of bullets. It's a bullet-run kitchen. They're all bullet different characters. They've all got different costumes. It's a great monetization option for everyone. Just just cosmetics. Just like money. Just like the game. And uh, we will just, yeah, exactly. We do. We love money. And this will get us a lot of money through all the various different costumes you can get. But you'll be able to create different meals based on the different attributes of each bullet. It depends on the type of bullet they are, their, uh, uh, their personality at the time, how they're feeling going into that day of cooking. And each round, you're choosing the group of bullets to go cook in the kitchen. And the goal is to make literally the most explosive meal, both in the taste and in the result, as possible possible interesting very very interesting i i'm for it you know we see games like cooking mama other cooking sims overcooked you're trying to make just good food but what if it was bad too what about bad food exactly see the thing about making bad food is like you have to make it in such a way that it's not immediately obvious right because if someone's like wow there's poison that i can taste in here they're gonna stop eating it so you have to like craft because that could be a strategy element, right? Is like yeah. mask the taste of the poison. There mm. are layers to the the gameplay that you don't even realize on the first mm. go, and that's what mm. makes it so repeatable. Is you find new recipes, you find new ways to slip in the things that will cause the explosions later. It's really a whole just mm. you know deep layered system. I think so many layers, like a cake made out of onions. <laughs> I am for this. Um, yeah, we got that's- two games publishing soon already. Uh, Steven, you're the next pitcher. Uh, Merritt and Jonathan, can we get another genre in three, two, one? Sports game. What was that one, Jonathan? (laughs) I said sports game. I couldn't think of a sport, so I just said sports game. game. That's what I heard, too. (laughs) Honestly, can I change my answer to horse game? (laughs) Let's do horse game. A horse-based RTS. Horse-based RTS. Steven, you're making a horse-focused real-time strategy game called Multimedia Ceiling. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Wait. Okay. Is it ceiling S-E-A-L or oh, no. uh, C-I? Like up, ceiling. like look up. Multimedia Ceiling Horse Game RTS. Damn. Hi, Steven. We see you just walked into our meeting room. Yeah, uh, you weren't invited or anything, which is kind of weird, but... <laughs> plugging in a USB. Well, you know, all right. We'll allow it. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, you know? (laughs) That's what I always say. Yeah, well, what do you you have for us? I have got in my hands here the design document for a brand new video game called Multimedia Ceiling. That is ceiling with a C-I-E-I-L-I-N-G, by the way. Mm. Uh, It is a horse-based RTS, real-time strategy game. Everybody loves horses. Not enough people get to interact with horses in real life. That's why we would like to have the most horses in real time on screen than wow. any video game has ever managed before. Total War, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors, no. This multi that is the me- that is the multimedia. It is so many horses on screen at the same time that you won't fucking believe it. I'm sorry to curse in such wow. a professional environment, but you know, yeah, I'm so passionate. Here. I'm so I'm sorry to all the boss babies in the audience tonight, uh, but I'm just so 
uh, happy about these different horses. These horses uh, who are going to be going against each other in uh, lo- like locked in just incredible combat, just mm-hmm. uh, race based combat, and by that I do oh, mean racing. Um, so it's sort of a race <laughs> war. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay, but it's the, but the it's first the fun kind. I mean, the, I mean the other kind where they yeah, yeah, where yeah. they run the around in circles because they're horses, like horse racing. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll excuse the race war, but this is a very interesting real time steed game. I I think the world yeah. needs this. So, real time steed. Yeah. You, Wait, why is it called multimedia ceiling? <laughs> Uh, because we are trying to like read. Oh, we're, we're, title. we're raising the ceiling on how many horses yeah. there can be on media in general. Mul- uh, yeah, the the medium <laughs> of horse. It's just wow, no one can compare. So many horses. That is perfect. I'm it's kind I'm, of like onrush. You you outrace your opponent, and then the horse behind you explodes if you pass mm. them in the race. Mm. <laughs> so many points all around. You all did fantastic. Points, 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 points. One hundred fifty, one hundred sixty. 256 all around. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, thank you all so much for playing. It is now time to calculate um, all of the points and see who obtains the golden cartridge and gets to preach the pinnacle of advice. Uh, let me just put these numbers into fancy, our resident fan bot. Wow. It looks like our winner is Sranrod Nutnaj. Hold on. I'm getting reports. I'm holding the results backwards. Uh, the, the real winner is actually Jonathan Dornbush. Wow. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan, what do you recommend we do? Oh, a- anything? Anything. We'll do it by next week. Oh, man. I thought it was going to be video game related, but no, I guess <laughs> I have they a, have changed their mind. It's golden cartridges. It's literally anything. Um, okay. I have a weird recommendation because I did it accidentally on a walk and I thought, why not? I'll give it a try. I want everyone to try Pokemon Go again. Well, Ooh. okay. I never tried it in the first place. so Or try it for the first time. Damn. Uh, mm. Because I... Try Pokemon I, Go parentheses again. Again. <laughs> uh, really? That's the name of my Fall Out Boy song. <laughs> <laughs> what a... What a do you like it now? Because I played it for a bit and then I fell off like completely. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm like back in it in the sort of 2016 utopia that we all lived in for those couple summer months uh, when it first came out. But yeah, crucially, yeah. nothing bad happened in 2016. No, nothing, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> that this was pre anything going bad. This was like you know, this was like July and August 2016. It was great. Yeah, nothing bad happened. Classic summer. Um, but you know, we were uh, all happily chasing Gengars under uh, stop signs and going across subway tracks we shouldn't have been. Um, no, but I logged into it probably after maybe three years of not playing, uh, and it's overwhelming. Mm. It is. It is just alarming how many like new things have been added. How many ways they added the friend list. How many like et cetera, et cetera, like challenges and and all these new things you can hop into. And of course, the nine hundred and five Pokemon. Wait, do uh, they have all of them catch. now? They have most. I think they're at least six or seven generations in. Oh my god! Jeez. Oh, so I would. I am just curious what it is like for other people as well to have this sort of. Uh, overwhelming response to what was it at the start a very sim- simple game, especially for like a first time jumping in. I think yeah. it was that you know it's weird because I had such a I was like thirty levels in or whatever out of the the fifty it originally was. So I, I played a decent bit. Um, mm. So I, I still had a handle, but I am just very curious what it is like to jump into that game either for the first time or either years past for other people because it was a unique form of not hell, but. I guess <laughs> in between, it, it was a unique form of limbo that I'm curious what other people feel if they try mm. it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm genuinely really curious, Jonathan, like what your experience has been with this. Cause like the last time I heard anybody talk about Pokemon Go, it was like a year ago. And it, at least in big cities, like in San Francisco, it sounded like that game is just like completely dominated by incredibly gatekeepy, oftentimes older people who just like lock down everything, like all the gyms and stuff like that, and don't let other people play with them. Has that been your experience at all? Or have you just not even seen like any of the multiplayer stuff? 
Uh, a little bit. I live in SF proper, so like I, I do have a pretty good like firsthand experience of that. And yeah, like things are pretty set because there are so many people who have been playing since day one who hit the level cap, yeah, who have grinding. the re- yeah, who have the min maxed Pokemon that you can do. And so oh, it it is a little bit harder, but it it was surprising to open it up and there's you know you open it. There's still the Pokestops. There's still Pokemon to get, but it was like twelve Pokemon appeared on the street before me. There were like eight new Pokestops in my neighborhood I had never seen years ago. They're like, come to this meetup in Oakland where we're all going to actually hang out. And I'm like, they're still doing that? That's admirable, Mm. I guess. But um, yeah, it was... It was a lot for a, a city, so I am also, you know, curious where everyone obviously lives. Will probably depend on how the game uh, acts because I do think they took out they they had put some really nice accessibility stuff during the pandemic in there for people who did live remotely, for people who couldn't go out, right, uh, and they right. took some of that stuff out. So you can't just kind of be at home and experience the game anymore. You do have to go out a little bit. So you know, whatever your experience is, I'm just sort of curious how it hits for other people. Dang, yeah, that'll be simple too. We just have to download the app and Pokemon Go outside to the Pokemon polls. Go to the polls, everybody. <laughs> uh, Remember that fun joke? Classic. Remember that. I, I heard the audio clip for the first time in you know five years of that moment, and it's funny because she doesn't even fully understand it as she's saying it. Like mm-hmm. she loses the words as she goes, but not even Pokemon. It's like to the polls is what confuses her. Weird. Damn. It's a very strange clip. She fell off. Um, well, thank you so much for this recommendation with the golden cartridge. And thank you all again for playing. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. And hey, tell a friend. Go go tell your friends. Um, you can follow us online at Fanbyte Media, and you can join our Discord at fanbyte.casa. Hey, Jonathan, is there anything you are doing that you'd like to plug and let people know about? Oh, I mean, there's, of course, if you do enjoy PlayStation Talk, uh, Podcast Beyond, our our weekly PlayStation show that I host, is is out every Wednesday. Um, But off of that, I would say I did a show that we're going to kick back up in the summer called Take Your Time uh, with one of my friends, Tom Marks. And we played through Persona 5 Royal in real time over the course of a year. Uh, So going along. Oh, wow. With the in-game calendar, since it's the real-world calendar, so we played mm. week by week according to those dates. Uh, so and you, if you, sorry, go ahead. what do you do when they like skip time forward? Do you just not play? We uh, found guests and came up with evergreen topics, but yeah, we just didn't play for like a week or two. Oh my god, um, that's so cool! It was really fun. It was a really unique way to play. I would, you know, for people who are maybe jumping into that game for the first time, don't. Like you don't have to play that way. It was a very unique experience that we chose to do, but it it was really fun. It, it gives you, you know, for like a hundred and fifty hour RPG, it gives you a lot of time to actually sink into every little detail of it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be doing a a sequel series of that for Strikers, since that's sort of a canonical Persona Five sequel. Oh, sick! Yeah, everyone bump that. That sounds really really cool. Um, for the rest of us, you can follow us on Twitter. Merit is at Merit K. Steven is at Steven Strom. Our bard slash producer, Jordan, is at Jordan underscore Mallory. Jonathan Dornbush is at JM Dornbush. And I am at Funky Fly. Shout out to Jerry Lawson. And until next time, keep that dial tuned to Channel F. <laughs>